listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19, where we will be discussing chapter 23 of City of Bones, Valentine, as well as the epilogue. So we're finishing up this book today. Woo-hoo. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. Usually you do like a um, sync up before, so then I get the funny one out of my system, and then I can do the serious <laughs> name voice, and then it just threw me off. We're not fucking around today. Yeah, usually I do like weird stuff that you all don't want to hear. You're adorable. <laughs> Adorkable. Can you believe that we're at the end of book one? Okay, so my two cents is... Bookwise, this is it's kind of bittersweet. Like it it's sad to be. I can't believe we actually did it. Like <laughs> I can't believe we stuck with it. Yeah, we did it. We're wrapping up the first book. I can't believe it. I'm excited to get to City of Ashes, and I don't know. I just it's one of those things. Like I've I have reread this book in particular the most. Same out okay. of any. Just because it's one of those like. I'll take it up camping or, you know, wherever. It's just a quick home kind of grab. So I remembered most of what happened. I cannot mm-hmm. remember all the nitty gritty of any, like, City of Ashes or any of the other ones. So I'm excited to, like, get my squeal factor on again. Ooh. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, and as we said when we started this book, and as a preface for for Amanda, we were like, this isn't the best of the books. This is a lot of world building. It's a lot of information and stuff like that. And the next book, City of Ashes, is really when you start getting into the... You are already connected to the characters. You already kind of have their backstory. And you know how they act and interact with each other. And so when the action starts, you're like... The stakes are higher for you as a reader. Uh huh. It's just, it's a more entertaining book for me, I think. But that is all. I'm excited. Um, okay, so we had one of our readers send us a. Uh, Listeners. <laughs> by the by. <laughs> yeah. Because I apparently have not had enough caffeine today. It's only 10 30. <laughs> PM. <laughs> yeah, PM. I was gonna say postmortem. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not what that stands for. Yes. We had one of our listeners because we do a podcast and that's how people consume our our content. Not a read cast. <laughs> Jesus. We had one of our listeners send us a uh, an excerpt um, that is kind of the final word on what gear is made of because we were trying to figure out what it was <laughs> um now this is a slight spoiler i suppose um because it is from the latest book the last hours however hey guys editing Kristen here i meant to say that this excerpt is from chain of gold which is book one in the last hours series Sorry about that. Like I said, lack of caffeine. It's like one line. We're not mentioning any characters' names. There's no significant information at all. Um, but if you're a purist and you do not want to um, 
be spoiled at all, not even a word, go ahead and skip ahead um, a minute and um, you can just get into us discussing. So what it says is, it was true that shadow hunters usually hunted in gear, a sort of flexible armor that made a tough leather made of tough leather-like material resistant to ichor, blades, and the like. So, I knew I wasn't crazy thinking that it was sort of like leather. Interesting. <laughs> but it says leather-like. And to Robin's point, she was like it's some sort of like I don't you didn't say Teflon, but that's the only I word said that's Kevlar. coming to my mind. Kevlar. Yeah, like a flexible Kevlar. So, it they're both right. I'll, I'm sweating thinking about that. Listen, <laughs> we also have to little bit chain of gold is set in early 1900s. So they could potentially still be wearing cargo shorts <laughs> in 2007. <laughs> cargo it's pants. Just, it's just cargo pants. Zip cargo off. Pants. Cargo, cargo pants. Zip off. Yeah, maybe they've gone into the future a little bit. <laughs> they were tired of the you know, chub rub from the leather. <laughs> yep. They don't have chub to rub. Uh, yeah, that's fair. They're you don't know athletes. <laughs> They're like 6% body fat. Is I don't even know what that is. I don't, I'm like 82% body fat. I don't know. <laughs> I know, me too. Wrong. I think my, um, at one of the last appointment my son went to, he was at like 8% body fat or like his, it was really low. Yeah. I was, yeah. Anyway, thank oh. you for the picture. Yes. Yes. Because we have, oh, I have not started reading the last hours yet. Have you? Robin? No. Is it the last hours or is it Chain of Gold? Chain of Gold is the book. The Last Hours is that series. I gotcha. Okay. That's what I thought, but I but wasn't But I'm sure. using them interchangeably because obviously I haven't started uh, reading them yet. And so they're just kind of like, they're not solid Bumping yet. around, taking up headspace. <laughs> but I did start listening to The Ghosts of the Shadow Market um, because I needed to, that was one that I hadn't done yet. Um, and it kind of introduces a lot of the characters in the last hour series. And so I started it and I can already tell these characters have my heart and soul. It's, I feel like this is going to be the best series yet. I'm very excited. Can't wait to talk about it in like two years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When was our first episode date? Like how long have we done this? How long has this taken? February. Robin, do you have... Right? The beginning of February? Yeah. I think so. I think... Okay. Was it the 18th or the 17th? I think it was before that. Oh. Methinks. Okay, Jar Jar. Thou dost think? Uh, is not your favorite character in Star Wars? Yeah, that's how I know what you're doing. <sighs> I can't. Yep. I love him. I like how he walks. I like that. Are you in Podbean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking on... Um, okay. If February 10th was our first, was our intro, so. Ah, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's great. <clears throat> All right. Does anyone have anything else before we get started? No, ma'am. No, no teacher after Robin's <laughs> thing last week. 
I don't mean to interrupt your teacher duties. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Luke's story ends on a low note. Clary is the fruit of Valentine's loins. <laughs> the pair mounts a plan to find Jocelyn and Jace using Simon's 21st century gadgets. The person wolves Warren G and bound up, heading via caravan to Renwick's ruin, a.k.a. Decrepit Hospital, a.k.a. Blackwell Family Estate, a.k.a. Valentine's Evil Lair. Forsaken attack on arrival, and Clary and Luke scrape into the house, but not without losing Gretel. They find Jocelyn, who's chained to a bed and in a coma. Luke kills Crab and fights Goyle, or Blackwell and Pangborn. Clary makes a run for it, ending up in the straight-up creepiest dining room you've ever been in. In the corner, at the back, is Jace, who bids Clary to have Luke call off his person wolves, as there has been a most grievous misunderstanding. Jace says his father is here, handing out showers and shirts. And oh wait, here he is. Now, you know, it's V-Tang. I love your recaps. They're They're so much fun. I I was going to ask if one of the two of you wanted to take it over for the next book series. Not that I don't enjoy it. I do. Okay, good. Because if you, like, I'll try if you don't want to. But you do such a great job. (gasps) No. Yeah. I am too long-winded. for. (laughs) I cannot summarize shit. (laughs) This is true. It's beautiful. It's like me trying to tell a fucking story. Yeah, that's <laughs> it fair. takes 42 years <laughs> to get to the fucking point. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. So the evil overlord himself walks in for dinner, I'm assuming, because there's a whole fucking feast laid out. <laughs> and he immediately questions Clary's presence, wondering if she's one of the Lightwood children. Okay. I know that I've just gotten into this, but I have to stop for a second. Was he not watching the Institute as closely as we thought? Like, I imagine him to be more thorough than that. Like, he's escaped the clave for the past 16 years and been in hiding. But, like, he didn't bother. He didn't bother to, like, keep an eye out and know, like, who the Lightwood's children are or even keep an eye on his son. So I would assume that she does not look like a Lightwood. Well, no. It's oh, so yeah. that she looks just like Jocelyn. It's, just, it's weird that he, yeah. like. Do you think he was just saying that just to I say don't know. that? I think he was. Like, yeah, what, what is this? A Lightwood kid? Like, who's this bitch? Like, trying to, like, feign for. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. It does. <laughs> I was just outraged. Uh-huh. I was like, you need to be more thorough. <laughs> You're a terrible investigator, mad scientist. Right? <laughs> You're a terrible villain. <laughs> so Jace introduced Clary as Clarissa Frey, and Valentine elevator eyes her. Gag. <laughs> 10 out of 10 nightmare inducing capabilities activated. <laughs> so Valentine notices the Kinjal. Kinjal? Is that what? You did great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Valentine notices the Kinjal dagger she's holding. She tells him that Jace gave it to her, and he wants to see it. 
Clary's like, hell no, bitch. But Jace just snatches it out of her hand and walks over to Valentine like a trained pret. Chain. <laughs> like a trained Fuck pet. Brett. <laughs> Et du pute. Like, really? <laughs> so this is the first time we get to see how complete Valentine's influence and control can be on somebody. And we know from the Falcon story and the brief glimpse into Jace's point of view a few chapters ago that uh, Valentine was a horrible father and incredibly manipulative. But this is kind of the beauty of show and show versus tell. We actually, when we actually see it play out on the page, it's far more powerful and stomach churning than to be told about his manipulation. You know what I mean? It's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because he's obviously Luke told stories to make him out to be a really bad guy, which he obviously is. But obviously he mm. has to have good parts of him or Jace wouldn't be so stunned is the only word I can think of. Um, like grabbed by him. Yeah. Like in, in order to build a, you know, a group of these people to form the uprising in the first place. He has to be charismatic. He has Thank to, you. yeah, there has yeah. to be something about him that draws people to him and wants to believe in him. Um, which of course in turn makes him so much more dangerous, but it's just, I remember the first time I read this and just seeing the way Jace is like, just like a, like a kicked puppy, you know what I mean? That just keeps coming back that it just made my stomach sink just cause you can hear about it all you want, but seeing a character that you care about as infuriating as he can be, it's horrible. Yeah. I Horrifying. Like it. Yeah. It made me feel icky. <laughs> I just wanted to hold my little baby Jace. <laughs> so Valentine, not immune to the powerful draw of a good monologue, <laughs> begins waxing poetic about the Kinjal. Noting the emblem of the Morganstern family carved into the blade and wondering how the Lightwoods never noticed it. But we find out that they didn't notice it because Jace never showed it to them and they didn't pry because they're not assholes, letting him keep the few pieces of his father that he had private. Why, oh why do you have to be such a broody little bitch, Jace? <laughs> like, why do you have to like hide these things and not show people? We would just, we would know. Right. You screwed the pooch. So much can be resolved from just talking about our feelings. (laughs) Okay, so um, I want to read this little excerpt from the book. Of course they didn't, said Valentine. He handed the kinjal back to Jace. They thought you were Michael Whalen's son. Jace, sliding the red-hilted dagger into his belt, looked up. So did I, he said softly. And in that moment, Clary saw that this was no joke, that Jace was not just playing along for his own purposes. He really thought Valentine was his father returned to him. Oofta. It's more than a little horrifying that Valentine is so confident in Jace's unwavering obedience that he doesn't even hesitate to hand him a weapon. Yep. It's just, ugh. It's so icky. Everything that Valentine is in, every time he speaks, I get chills. Like, he's such an icky character. You get the heebie-jeebies? Yes. <clears throat> well, like you said, it's he's he's very dangerous, obviously, because he can win people over so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is creepy. So Valentine offers Clary a seat at the table, and good old Clary's like, that'll be a big fat nope. <laughs> Ignoring her stubbornness, Valentine takes a seat at the head of the table, and Jace goes to sit beside him. Why? Why? Yeah. Is there a feast set up? 
Like, did did we catch him around dinner time? Who's eating? Who? Yeah, who's cooking? How many people are there to eat the food? Right. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> so Valentine tiptoes around the enormous fucking elephant in the room, commenting on her name and saying that Clarissa isn't a name that he would have chosen. Fucking prick. Yeah, nothing. See, he was totally just saying that Lightwood yep. thing for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. So I have a couple of like little clips from the book that I, I want to read and this is one of them um, there was a grim curl to his lips he knows I'm his daughter Clary thought somehow he knows but he isn't saying it why isn't he saying it because of Jace she realized Jace would think she couldn't imagine what he would think Valentine had seen them embracing when he had walked into the door. He must know he held a devastating piece of information in his hands. Somewhere behind those fathomless black eyes, his sharp mind was clicking away rapidly, trying to decide how best to use what he knew. Okay, so maybe to his benefit, he saw them and was like, crossing his fingers, please be a lightwood, please be a lightwood. I don't believe I don't it think so. for a second. <laughs> no. But like the way she describes his sharp mind clicking away rapidly, it just reminds me of an, an insect in that. Yes. I don't like it. Uh-huh. I don't. Dude, I don't like, like anything it. about this guy. <sighs> me either. But she does such a good job. You know, of- Valentine, you're a real drag. <laughs> I was going to say he's a real bummer. I love it when you say things are a bummer. What do you, what else would you say? A suck fest? Bummer is a good word. I tell my kids all the time, it sucks to suck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're such a good mom. Dude, hard lessons, man. Clary can tell that Jace is more upset than he's letting on, but he still feels out of reach. She tries again, standing up to Valentine, hell bent on getting him to admit that he isn't Jace's father. He couldn't be. Everyone knows he's Michael Whalen's son. He even wears the Whalen family ring. Because Valentine is nothing if not complete and utter trash for the evil overlord aesthetic, he seizes the opportunity to do what villains do best. Monologue. <laughs> he goes on to explain that the W is just an um, upside down M. And the family's... <laughs> So dumb. Yeah. I fooled you all. Look at me. <laughs> it's magic. And Alec pops out. Don't say the M word. That's offensive. <laughs> oh my god. We don't real magic, Clary. You were channeling your inner king of the hill right there. I love Damn it. Damn it, Clary. <laughs> so the W. A W is just an upside down M. And the family symbol of a star would be pretty weird for the Whalen family. While, of course, it makes perfect sense for the Morgenstern family, which is named after Lucifer. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, we did find out today <laughs> that the version that Robin and I have is different than the version that Amanda has because in the version Amanda has there's been an edit added finally Um, answered all of your questions it does because I have a whole thing (laughs) but in Amanda's version it has been updated and edited to add that Valentine had glamoured the stars on the family ring um, as to not attract attention um, to the fact that the, the symbol for the Waylands isn't a star <laughs> right <laughs> but in robin and i's uh version of the book that has not been added so 
we're left wondering what the hell. And so I had, I had written, um, a a dissertation on (laughs) the ways that this doesn't make any sense to me. And because, you know, waste not, want not, I'm going to read it. (laughs) This one was a bit on the nose for me. It's hard to believe that shadow hunters, an entire race of people who so highly value heritage and history, don't study family crests. Even in America, we do family trees in school. We suck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Merka. Did Jace never question this? Maybe it was something Valentine told him before he quote unquote died. He wore that ring all the time. Someone had to have noticed if he didn't, even if he didn't show them specifically. What do you guys think? Are the Lightwoods just the most inattentive parents on the planet? (laughs) Good two things. Okay, number one. Imagine he like takes it off to shower and sets it inside down. (laughs) (laughs) Heaven forbid. Okay. And then number two, if, okay, I just want to preface here. Preface, I am in literally no way defending Valentine as a parent, but it does sort of speak. Why wouldn't he, I'm assuming he murdered Michael Wayland in cold blood. He could have just gave, given Jace the actual Wayland family ring instead mm-hmm. of going through all the trouble to, as you know now, glamour it. Or it's because he's a narcissist. Hope yeah, that exactly. nobody, you know, I was going to mm-hmm. say, do you think it's... Oh, he couldn't bear to let him yep, believe that an inferior ring. family... Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. He's a fucking narcissist. <laughs> okay, I have two things. Also... <laughs> So I'm curious why he didn't glamour the dagger. Right. You know, luckily um, for Valentine, Jace had kept that to himself for whatever reason. But it is weird to do one thing but not the other. Again, lack of planning. (laughs) Don't they have a BOGO on glamours? Like, buy one, get one? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's great. Okay, my next thing is, so they as in Valentine and Jace, lived in the Wayland estate, mm-hmm. right? Is what we find eventually. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't there have been their family crest in the house somewhere? Don't you think that Jace would have been like, hey, daddy, what's that? <laughs> well, we all know how much Valentine likes to redecorate. Okay, I'm sure. that's fair. I want to know who these servants are that don't know. Yeah, right? were they the Waylands? They, ha- they have to be uh, circle members. They're, they're just forsaken. <laughs> drawing him a spaghetti bath the forsaken (laughs) (laughs) that's him telling him to hop right in child yes that was i was gonna say yes mommy but no no wrong there's screams of agony lulled him to sleep it's so sad it's horrible okay all right so i'll let up on the lightwoods since it's been edited that (laughs) to make them less moronic As we talked about, like, I'm sure a lot of people had that same question, which is I'm sure why there's an update and edit to it. So I'm seeing more as I'm reading and seeing the differences. Why? Because I know at first when we first started reading and talking about everything, I was like, why would you need more edits? Why would you need more? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't get it. So now I do. (laughs) Got it. And I and I definitely imagine there's far less edits the further on you get I think the first book is just kind of one of those things that sometimes when you're starting a story you don't know how 
all the ends are going to meet up. Yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, to be fair, the difference between City of Bones and her last book, obviously before the one I haven't read, um, Queen of Air and Darkness, miles apart in terms of just her craft has grown so much over this series and the way that she fleshes out characters and the way she writes is just so like far superior to where what it is in this book and that's just the natural growth of of a writer the more you do because writing is a craft the more you do the better you get Mm -hmm. that's fun all right so we'll move on from hating the lightwoods for a moment (laughs) clary and valentine argue of course they do Or rather, Valentine weaves a warped version of the truth, and Clary loudly and aggressively refutes it. (laughs) Jace interjects, spouting nonsense about how Hodge was the bad guy all along, and he was the one who wanted the mortal cup to lift his curse. Valentine was just trying to help. He's got Jocelyn chained up because he wants to heal her, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Shut your brainwashed mouth, Jace Wayland or Morgan Stern or whatever the fuck your name is. <laughs> I don't see me. I'm like, <laughs> Robin's like triple snap in a Z formation. <sighs> Too much. Okay. Not to be swayed. Clary's like, listen here, bitch. I was there. Valentine couldn't see me, but I watched it all go down with my own two eyeballs and V Tang took the curse off Hodge and then bounced with you in the cup. Dude is evil. So this is this is where that thing was. I appreciate yes. the use of V-Tang. Me too. Who you so like. I've chosen to embrace it. Okay. I love it. Those you cannot change, you have to embrace. Okay. So Jace tells her not to talk to his father like that, and Clary <laughs> snaps. Don't talk to my daddy that way. Right. Oh, wait. I really do it in the, um, that annoying lady that narrates the thing. Don't talk to my father that way. <laughs> that was really good. Your whole head shook. So angry. Where was I? I don't okay. know. Clary snaps, screaming at Jace that Valentine is not his father. But Jace is like, dude, why do you? Why don't you believe me? He is my father. And then, like the motherfucking snake he is, Valentine slithers in with a because she loves you. Could you fucking not? <laughs> Mind your beeswax. Right? You're not helping. This is a um, mustard relish conversation. You can catch up later. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that, that the new version of a B and C conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, I've never heard that either. before. You haven't heard that before? No. You guys are so incredibly lame. Oh, my gosh. Okay. At this point, Clary is starting to let doubt wiggle into her brain. She doesn't want it to be true, but all the flashing neon signs point to yes. I imagine, like, um, from when the genie. Aladdin. Aladdin. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, grasping at straws, Clary asks about his name. She knows him as Jace, but Valentine keeps calling him Jonathan. He confirms her fears. It's a nickname from his initials, J.C., With a click, the pieces fall into place, unlocking the truth like Pandora's box, never to be contained again. Jace is Jonathan Christopher, her brother. Okay. Do you think that Valentine gave him that nickname Jace and told him it was like 
a nickname for JC because he obviously needed to give him a new name because even the bird had a new name, right? He, Valen, I can tell you Valentine did not give him the name Jace. Okay. He has always called him Jonathan. Oh, okay. I guess that's true. He is continuing to do it. I'm going to read a little snippet. Valentine cut in. His voice was soothing. Jace, I had thought to spare you. I thought a story of your mother... I thought a story of a mother who died would hurt you less than a story of a mother who abandoned you before your first birthday. Jace's slim fingers tightened convulsively around the glass's stem. Clary thought for a moment that it might shatter. My mother is alive. She is, said Valentine, alive and asleep in one of the downstairs room at this very moment. Yes, he said, cutting off Jace before he could speak. Jocelyn is your mother, Jonathan, and Clary, Clary is your sister. Oh. <sighs> Oh, God. This poor boy. Uh So needless to say, Jace is shooketh to the core. Valentine, knowing exactly what kind of torture he's causing, needles at him, telling him he thought he'd be happy. Yesterday he was an orphan, and today he has an entire family. Sick and twisted. Motherfucker. Ugh. I hate him so much. What were you laughing at, Roman? Because now I want to know. You were just saying that you just orphan. You said it weird. Orphan. And then I was thinking how terrible it should be that I shouldn't be laughing while you're talking about him being an orphan. <laughs> oh, right. <sighs> okay. <laughs> while Jace is having a breakdown and Clary is trying to comfort him with absolutely no success, Valentine is reveling in their pain and it's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. He knows how they feel about each other. And instead of being skeeved out like a real parent, he's delighted <laughs> that he found something he can use against them. In Clary and Jace's mutual shock and humiliation, Valentine finds yet another moment to monologue, explaining that Michael Whalen died in the uprising, and he assumed his name, but ten years after the uprising, he got a letter basically blackmailing him, and he had no choice but to fake his own death. Jace had to think he was dead and believe that he was wa- that he was a Whalen, so that the Lightwoods would take him in. He even goes as far to say that the Lightwoods only cared for Jace and loved him because they owed Michael Wayland. But Valentine tells Jace that it doesn't matter now because they're a family and they can all go back to Idris to the manor where Jace grew up. Hand in hand and happy forever. <laughs> Fucking gross. Yep. This is my favorite right here that you're about to read. Clary sees straight through his manipulative ways, even though Jace can't. And I'm going to read this line because it's perfect. That sounds terrific, thought Clary. Just you, your comatose wife, your shell-shocked son, and your daughter who hates your guts. Who hates your guts. Not to mention that your two kids may be in love with each other. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect family reunion. Oh, the sass. Magnus would be proud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, do you think he really thought that that was something that would happen? No, I think he's trying to okay. goad them. But, uh, yeah, I think he's just trying to, like, give Jace hope. Yeah, like, that's true. Can it be you like, can have look. a family. He's obviously lying, so now he's mm-hmm. just on a roll. Yeah. He's just, he's, yeah. Thankfully, they're saved from Valentine's twisted vision of family by a commotion just before Luke barrels into the room. He was covered in blood, his jeans and shirt dark and clotted, the lower half of his face bearded with it. Blah. Yeah. Ugh. He's been people tasting. <laughs> Forsaken, maybe. People? <laughs> they're still people. Yeah. Crab and goil. Oh, that's right. We haven't decided if they're oh, safe to eat. Yeah, I'm I'm making a pin that says forsaken or people too. Do it. <laughs> you should please do not feed the forsaken. <laughs> please do not eat the forsaken. <laughs> 
Please do not feed on the forsaken. Oh, God. <laughs> so bad. This episode is getting dark. <laughs> so Clary, thankful to see another sane person, runs to Luke and hugs him. And now she is covered in blood. Gross. But Luke's like, don't worry, it's not mine. That doesn't make it better, Luke. It, it really doesn't. <laughs> the blood is Pangborn's. Valentine thinks he's being clever, asking Luke if he tore out Pengbo- if he tore out Pengborn's throat with his teeth. But Luke is a bamf and pulls out the matching kinjal that Valentine gave him to kill himself 17 years ago. I forgot about Pengborn. Obviously, it wasn't Forsaken. My bad. At this point, Valentine and Luke devolve into a bitch fight of epic proportions. It's all... You've got your wife chained to a bed so you can torture her, and I'm not going to hurt her. I loved her. You turned her against me, and she learned to hate you all on her own. Valentine is doing everything he can to spinderella his way out of Luke's truth bombs, but when that doesn't work, he unsheathed his sword and leveled it at his opponent. Jace tries to intervene, and Valentine silences him, but not before letting his real name slip. Luke, much quicker on the uptake than our dear Clary, immediately puts two and two together. Ignoring the giant sword pointed at his heart, Luke tells Jace that his mother would be proud of him. And Jace, having been totally brainwashed, bristles at this. Seeing the situation rapidly getting away from him, Valentine interrupts before Luke can tell any more truths and demands that he unhand Clary so V-Tang can get a clear shot. <laughs> Because Luke is an actual good person and parent, he pushes Clary away and tells her to get to safety. But when she tries to run for the door, not to do anything as silly as seek safety, but instead to find reinforcements, Jace stops her. Jace, acting a little less like a robot, is all, Sis, there's a bunch of Forsaken down there. I'm not letting you get killed. <laughs> The most dynamic brother and sister duo since Luke and Leia stand on the sidelines watching the epic gladiator fight between Luke and V-Tang go down. Valentine starts trash talking because, of course, he does, giving Clary the opportunity. What? Just imagine it's on, like, um, SmackDown. When they're like, come out, you little bitch. I'm going to hit you with a table. Valentine's like, do you smell what I'm cooking? <laughs> It's this big feast that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I've got roast beast on the table. <laughs> Are you going to eat the peas? He keeps, call I got nothing. He keeps calling Luke Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> I hope you choke on a hot dog. I accidentally got cat food instead of dog food, but it was on purpose. <laughs> What does that even mean? Because Luke's a werewolf dog. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh shoot. <laughs> werewolf dog. We got fancy feast instead of blue buffalo. <laughs> Fuck, now I have to start going. Valentine starts trash talking because of course he does, giving Clary the opportunity to get into Jace's ear. She tells him about Jocelyn's box, the one engraved with his initials. <laughs> <laughs> Such a child. Why did you have to make that dirty? Oh shit. What? Oh. I my squealing was too loud for garage band. It gave me a warning. Oh. <laughs> 
I obviously wasn't talking about Jocelyn's vajayjay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am 12 years old. Continue. Out of which they both again. came. Laugh. <laughs> okay. She tells him about Jocelyn's. The only thing I can think of is treasure box, and that doesn't sound any better. <laughs> Keepsake. Yeah. Okay. So she tells him about Jocelyn's keepsake, the one engraved with his initials, and how she'd thought he was dead all this time. She tells him about the burned bones of a child that Jocelyn thought was her son alongside her parents' remains. It's all too much for Jace, and he tells Clary to shut up, his outburst causing Luke to glance towards them and in turn give Valentine the opportunity to best him, seeking his blade into Luke's chest. Okay, we have to unpack this for a second. Luke is such a good parent that even just a shout, he immediately looks to make sure Clary's okay. Mm-hmm. And even though he's in the heat of battle, he his instinct is to protect Clary no matter what. And, like, maybe I'm just, like, super emotional, but, like, that hit me today. I was rereading it, and it was just a lot. But it's just, it's such a stark contrast from what Valentine is. <sighs> I don't know. Faux show. I love Luke. Me too. Yeah. Were you going to say something? I, I was going to say, I think he's my favorite character, but I just don't know. So I decided not to say it. Well, you have you have a week you to decide. You did say it earlier. Did I? You've said it before. Yeah. Okay. I think mm-hmm. he is. <laughs> you have a week to make final decisions. Okay. Before. Thank you. <laughs> Before we demand answers. <laughs> I'll write this day in my diary and, and continue to make tallies. <laughs> so Luke collapses to the floor and Valentine raises his store his sword to finish him. Jace, as if he knows Clary or something, turns to stop her, but she twists out of his grasp, making a beeline for Luke and throwing herself between him and Valentine's sword like a Disney princess. <sighs> oh, that was a boy. lot. This is obviously a very long chapter. It is. Obviously. Obviously. So, I just have to give a disclaimer here. Yeah. Like I said, (laughs) I did what I think Robin referred to as a sixth grade thing (laughs) and wrote this literally. I haven't even read what I've written, so please bear with me. (laughs) I apologize. It's going to be great. (laughs) You're doing great, honey. Thank you, mom. (laughs) <laughs> kids yeah, are hard yep, dude yep today was one of working things. till four o'clock in the morning is yeah. hard yeah. yep that was a hard day <laughs> so as the sword is at clary's face basically clary could see it in valentine's eyes he was capable of killing his own child she she closed her eyes because that's what we do to help us feel more comfortable when something bad is going to happen. And she, yeah. there was no yeah. blankets around. So. <laughs> exactly. She heard a sound and Valentine cried out. Opening her eyes, Clary saw his hand was empty and bleeding. She realized that Jace must have thrown um, a dagger at his hand hard enough to knock the sword from Valentine's hand. I said hand a thousand oh. times. He immediately started to apologize. Jace did. Father, I, uh, uh, uh. Valentine interrupts Jace to tell him that it was a nice throw. God, he's creepy. Uh, He goes on to tell Jace that he wouldn't have hurt Clary. Totally. That's why you were holding a freaking sword at her. Liar. Yeah. 
He's a liar. Liar. Pants this on is fire. A, this is his fancy footwork, his Spinderella move. Mm-hmm. He's trying to Jace. always spinning. I wouldn't have done it. I promise. <laughs> Pinky promise. <laughs> yeah, but his fingers That's were crossed right. behind his back. <laughs> Clary turns to check on Luke, who was still on the floor. Blood was bubbling from the hole in his shirt. Clary starts to beg for for help, and Valentine tells Jace not to move. But he calls him Jonathan, which creeps me out. But I guess you're right. Mm -hmm. He he does Mm -hmm. call him Jonathan the whole time. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it, I guess. Yeah. Then he addresses Clary as Clarissa, and I imagine it in this creepy weirdo voice. Clarissa... He tries to explain to Clary that Luke is the enemy. He says, this man is the enemy of our family, an enemy of the clave. We are hunters, and that means sometimes we are killers. Surely you understand that. Demon hunters, Clary said. Demon killers, not murderers. There's a difference. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. How is there Tell a me. difference? Really? I mean... I get what she's trying to demons say. Demons aren't supposed to be in this dimension, whereas downworlders do belong in this dimension. Oh, okay. Because they, they are part human. Right. Okay. So full demons. Like the boy with blue hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. But he was just at a club. Like, what do you think? Okay, this is way far back. <laughs> what do you think he was doing there? His partying. Trying to, I think he was trying to feast on oh, people. Okay. Look for someone to eat. I, could I be any more could monotone? Any more Chandler? <laughs> <laughs> he was going to feast on people. <laughs> All right. Well, Valentine reminds her that Luke is a demon. Person demon, if you will. Person slash demon. <laughs> <laughs> this makes Clary have flashbacks of Luke being her pseudo father as a child, and it enrages her. She goes off. I can't yes. explain this well enough, so reading this is what I'm going to do. Tell me your thoughts. Okay. Technically, didn't we decide that lycanthropy is a demon disease? It so it doesn't, he's not actually a demon. Okay, okay I see. You're splitting hairs here, Valentine. I mean. Yeah. Get out. But in, because Valentine is so, I'm trying to yeah, think like of Luke's a Yeah, like Luke's not pure word. anymore, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he yeah mm-hmm. he's so narrow-minded. He just lumps them all in together. It's disgusting. So Clary goes off on Valentine, and this got me. I re-listened to this today, and I was like, yeah, yeah, girl, get him. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you murdered your wife's parents, not in battle, but in cold blood. I bet you murdered Michael Wayland and his little boy, too. Threw their bones in with my grandparents so that my mother would think you and Jace were dead. Put your necklace around Michael Wayland's neck before you burned him so everyone would think those bones were yours. After all, after all your talk about the untainted blood of the clave, you didn't care at all about their blood or the innocence of, the, what, of them when you killed them, did you? Slaughtering old people and children in cold blood, that's monstrous. Ugh. I didn't even think about that. Like, I didn't really put it together until she had said that, that that's Michael Wayland and his child. It's so sad. Yeah. Not that it was okay to be someone else's, but they were friends. Yeah. Yeah. It was, ugh. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Well, But also, can we just, Clary is so slow 
to pick on so pick up on so many different things but she was real quick to figure this one out yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) just all together now (laughs) yeah um well clearly she is she must be correct because valentine snapped um he tells jace to move that bitch get out the way so he can kill luke (laughs) clary pleads to reach jace in his feelers she pleads to reach jace in his feelers and tells her not to talk to him Clary pleads to reach Jace in his feelers, and he tells her not to talk to him. Valentine stands there talking lots of shit to Luke about him not being a man and how he doesn't deserve an honorable death to stand, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Clary continues to pull at Jace's heartstrings about family. He tells her to get down and pushed her towards the ground. Valentine tried to slam the sword into Luke, but Luke was gone. Jace had knocked him out of the way. And then he tells Valentine to leave. So Clary wins. <laughs> Good job. A golf clap for Mr. Jace. Yes. Jace raised his sword to his father's throat. Valentine tells Jace that he will not take orders from a child. And Jace tells him that he is a very well-trained child, reminding him that Valentine himself is the one that trained him. Although Valentine agrees, he tells Jace that he knows he wouldn't be able to kill his own father. Jace tells him how hurt he is that he chose to leave him behind as a child. Valentine tries to talk his way out of it by explaining that he did it for Jace's own good, which I guess in his super twisted mind, he probably thinks he did. Clary chimes in and says that if Valentine cared about Jace, he wouldn't have killed his innocent grandparents. Valentine laughs and says that no one is innocent in war. Ha 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 ha, you fool. <laughs> it's super easy to make those justifications when you can just start a war whenever the fuck you feel like it yeah here okay we're in war now i'm gonna go murder your family but you don't even really know yet right (sighs) sucks to suck (laughs) yes yes it does (laughs) so valentine tries to justify everything by saying that he was afraid that um that Jocelyn's family would help her take Jace away from him. Doy. Yeah, you're an unfit fucking parent. Literal murderer. Anger management classes are not (laughs) enough for you. (laughs) Fucking psychopath. So everything starts to click for Luke, and he realizes that Valentine knew Jocelyn was going to leave him before the uprising. So he didn't kill all those people for payback. He killed them because he didn't want to go through a custody battle. Terrible. Clary reminds Jace that they need the cup. Valentine admits that it's an Idris, but won't give any more details. He starts to convince Jace to stand down, but it doesn't work. Clary won that love battle. She got his heart. She takes that W and runs with it. She convinces Jace to give Luke the sword so that he can kill Valentine. Girl really wants this mofo dead. (laughs) She has planned this all along. (laughs) When you said he takes that W, I'm like, the Wayland ring? Is it really an M? (laughs) He takes that. She takes that M. Wait, I think I mean W? The upside down M. (laughs) She takes the min, not the win. Okay, anyway, that was too far. (laughs) Uh, Luke doesn't want to kill Valentine in this way in front of his own children. He says he just wants the cup. So, do you think that's because he actually doesn't have it in him to kill Valentine? 
I don't. No, I think he's just too fucking honorable for his own goddamn good. <laughs> well, that's nice. Good job. Also, it would be a very short series if we just killed Valentine okay, right away. That's true. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> so Luke realizes um, that if the cup is in Idris already, that Valentine must have used a portal. Which, by the way, I was daydreaming about this today. Do they normally use a portal? Like, when the Lightwoods have to go there for business. How do they get there if they don't use a portal? An aeroplane? A warlock can create a portal. Oh, okay. So they would hire a warlock to create a portal. Like a temporary portal? Yep. Interesting. Okay. But the reason that they knew Valentine was there is because they knew there was a portal there. Yeah, there's a permanent portal. Yeah. If you were really like trying to be so it just seems like inconspicuous, don't you think that you would use all of these powers that you have to make a temporary one? What a dum-dum. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe he didn't have a powerful enough that's warlock to do it for him Yeah, on his payroll. That's true. And he was trying to keep a low pro. That's true. Why involve someone else? I just meant why is like Luke's like, oh, you must have used a portal. No shit. That's why they're there, dude. Because they have a freaking portal. That's why. That's how you found the place. Oh yeah. You mean you were being really Do obvious? You remember the phone we booking were, and the googling? Diggling. We were diggling. <laughs> we were digging too far into it. Fuck. <laughs> I'll stop. Oh gosh, it's late. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so Luke decides to go with Valentine through the portal for the cup. He tells Jace to use it after them. They like leave i guess so they go in it and then it like clears its browser history right but didn't <laughs> madame dorothea say that it can take you to the last place or is that if you don't have another location in your mind yeah okay exactly if you jump through with a completely clear mind which i don't know how anyone can have a completely clear mind i'd be like where's this gonna take me right <laughs> <laughs> hershey's factory i don't know <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, so, of course, Jace is like, nah, brah. It's not happening. Luke pushes Valentine toward the portal. All of a sudden, the door busts down and Alaric is standing in the doorway. Clary remembered Valentine had Jace's dagger and he threw it at Luke, but Alaric jumped into the line of fire. Jace told Clary to stay put and went after Valentine as he ran toward the portal. He told Clary that he would go with Valentine to Idris and bring back the cup because Luke is too busy to go since he's dealing with Alaric which by the way Luke seems much more broken up about Alaric than he did about Gretel I think it's because Alaric is basically dying in his arms and Gretel he just kind of left behind he had a part you know he had to get in I'm sure he feels terrible about her I think it hits him a little bit later because um Valentine does kind of make a jab at him about like basically more people that you've injured because He's been using them as like weapons, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which Fodder, is true. Yeah. So Jace realizes that the mirror is the portal. Rather than her reflection, Clary can now see green fields and a large stone house in the mirror. It's the house that Jace had grown up in. Valentine tried to convince Jace to come with him, and Jace tells him that New York is his home now. Obviously, Jace really did want to go with him. <laughs> he says that it's um, to go get the cup, but we all know that that would be really hard to see your childhood home after all of that. 
especially because he has this convincing daddy-o that's like, come with me, son. Yep. Come home. Which, Which is totally... Get in the van. I have candy. Yeah, is totally on purpose. He's such a manipulative fuck. You know that, like, that's the thing he thinks will convince him, like, you know, that nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Two things real quick. We didn't really touch on who do you think wrote the letter to Valentine to scare him? I don't think there is a letter, personally. Okay. I think it's just one of his... Like, he wanted to move on to phase two of his plan, and having a kid there would be difficult. Oh, okay. To have to take care of a child and try to mastermind stealing the mortal cup in phase two. So he did what he had to do to cut That makes ties. sense about my next yeah. question, because I was going to say, wouldn't it be unsafe for him to go back to that house if someone knows? So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, who wouldn't tell somebody? Right. Right. Who's just going to blackmail him? Like, Hodge? Cut me in. (laughs) Yeah, so Clary tells Jace to let the clave get the cup, and Valentine agrees. He reminds Jace that he would have to kill him before he would give up the cup. Jace insisted that he would be able to kill his father, holding his blade tightly. Valentine disagreed and reached through the portal, grabbing Jace's wrist. Taunting him, Valentine tells him to do it. Just do it basically (laughs) and jace is unable valentine swung his fist forward breaking the portal into pieces which is cray cray yeah (laughs) jace sunk to the floor and staring at the pieces of the broken mirror sees that idris is still visible in some of the small pieces jace felt as if they had delivered the cup right to valentine and it's really sad to for him to just put all that on his shoulders after everything he's been through it's crazy because I mean he's not wrong but he's not right you know that's tough yeah I mean they all decided to do everything uh-huh. together it would just I would feel like a fool <laughs> <laughs> poor kid I just I feel for Jace my poor little cinnamon roll yeah yeah it's very he sad feelers well because you know he obviously 20 minutes ago just had this beautiful idea of having his dad back I mean, I don't know how yeah. he thought his yeah. future would move forward, but because he had to have known Jocelyn was there or right. <laughs> like this woman they've been searching for is yeah. there. Yeah. Maybe I don't. I don't maybe not. Maybe not. Because she's just in one room totally out. Right. Interesting. Yep. Well, Clary tries to make him feel better and tells him it's all right. She says, we have mom back. We have you. We have everything that matters. And I just think that it would be really hard to go into that mindset of already saying mom instead of my mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was really quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> I doubt he's even thinking of her as his mother right now. So it's odd. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. It is the odd. The two embrace and it ends with Jace whispering her name into, his, into her ear. Like, why? It's his <laughs> it's mantra. It's weird. It's it's what's keeping Clary. him together. Clary. I say goose <laughs> rubber. So that is it. That is where we end with um, the main part of the book. It's cray cray. Oh, goodness. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I'm going to bounce into the epilogue. Boom, boom. Our scene begins in a hospital. The light is blinding Clary. 
too much torch light, torch light, gaslight, and witch light in the last few days. Begs the question, what the heck do the shadow hunters have against Thomas Edison? They obviously have electricity. Why no light bulbs? Is it too expensive to retrofit the institution? It's because the shadow hunters are low tech. Freeform. Yeah, I remember their GPS? <laughs> I'm just saying, they had a refrigerator. Get a light bulb. Get a lamp. Chase had a cell phone. They have outlets. It fucks up the aesthetic. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, they just want to be creeped. <laughs> so uh, Clary checks in at the front desk, noticing that the nurse's skin is strangely yellow. And she wonders if it is a demon. The nurse points her to the last door at the end of the hall, and Clary decides probably not a demon. She's just going crazy. The hospital is aggressively air-conditioned, even though the weather's turning towards fall, which kind of gives us a little point of reference oh, for yeah. time frame. Clary takes her time entering the room. She's afraid to wake up Luke, but it's all good. He's awake and talking to a silent brother. He turns, sensing Clary's arrival, and it's our long lost friend, oh, Broje. Bro What's up, bro? What's up? <laughs> Clary asks Luke what's going on. Um, we find out that it's been three days since Valentine peaced out, and Luke looks haggard. <laughs> he says that Broje was just on his way out, and Clary asks the silent brother if he is going to help with Jocelyn. And he tells her that you cannot save others until you first save yourself. This fortune cookie stuff is getting really old, Clary said. What's wrong with my mother? Do you know? Can the Silent Brothers help her like you helped Luke? Oh, sorry. Help her like you helped Alec. We helped no one, said Jeremiah. Nor is it our place to assist those who have willingly separated themselves from the clave. So why is he there? So oh, if that's the case, why do you think he's there in the first place? It seems like what we know so far about the Silent Brothers is that they wouldn't bother coming to help Jocelyn if it wasn't their place, as he's saying. I wonder if it's curiosity about the spell or whatever it is that she's under. Interesting. Or maybe they have to get... Well, no, I think that's Clave's job. I don't know. It, it might be like she's under something and they're archivists, so they study. It's like, yeah, maybe. They're chismosas. That's what it is. She's what? She's Moses. They want to get the cheese. Yeah. Gossip. (laughs) They want to know what happened. They have to have something to talk about about dinner (laughs) later that night. Think about. They don't talk. Come on. Okay. (laughs) This is true. This is the first that we hear about Alec in like six chapters. And the last we heard, he was like on his deathbed. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously he's okay if Clary's like, are you the one that helped? Even though that um, fire message was not to bring people to help Alec. (laughs) It wasn't? Ooh, maybe. Well, he just said we didn't help, right? Didn't he say that? We helped no one. It wasn't to the... The Silent Brothers did not help Alec. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't think that they could go to someone else. Okay. Yeah. So, I just want to really quick, I just feel like, Broje, you did me wrong, brother. Like, I thought we were tight. And you talking to my girl with disrespect. <laughs> I'm not into it. You got it. a beef with Broje now? I got a beef with Broje. That was rude. Like, have some <laughs> compassion. Not that you can, because you're a silent brother. But you're supposed to be the funny one. Come on. Well, and be more anyway, understanding of he, the reason she friggin' left the clave, Broje. 
Yeah. No. Anyway. Bro J more like bro dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, he leaves. Blends into the crowd and Clary wonders what the glamour he is using is making him look like to the other people. And this must be so weird for her. It's her first taste of being out in the mundane world without a mission. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of having more time to like mull over glamours and the sight and all that other stuff. And see in day to day life how often she came in contact with the shadow world. Yeah. And I'm sure more is coming back every day as it fades. Yeah. Now that the... Mm-hmm. Luke tells Clary that Brojay's right. Magnus Bane is the one who saved Alec. And they have no idea what is wrong with Jocelyn. Clary looks over at her mother in the hospital bed. Her skin is pale and sallow with tubes connected to her. And Clary takes her hand and wills her to wake up. Luke reassures Clary that she's going to wake up because she has so much to get better for now more than ever. And of course, he's referring to Jonathan. Ew, no, <laughs> I Jocelyn. know it's gross. I don't like it either. <laughs> I know. I wrote Jace, but I had to, like, creep you out. He's referring to Jace. Jacethan. (laughs) Please don't be a thing. (laughs) Jocelyn has been mourning for her lost child for 17 years. And I don't know why, at this moment, I was thinking, okay, we finally have a solid age for Jace Mm -hmm. now. But it was... we talked about it earlier in the chapter but for some reason this to me clicking was like okay jace is 17 almost 18 mm-hmm. i'm assuming mm-hmm. i got an age for him i just kept thinking he was closer in age to clary mm-hmm. and i don't know it doesn't He's matter supposed to be because she got pregnant yeah so it'd be about a year and a half right because mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. just under a year i think mm-hmm. so valentine said um to jonathan just kidding Valentine said to Jace in the last chapter, we talked about it, like, um, your mom left before yeah. you're, you're old. Like, I figured it was better for you to hurt to say she died. Anyway, it's not important. It just made a mark in my mind. So the epilogue made, okay, fall. Jace is 17. Jocelyn is in some sort of unknown super coma, like Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> and Luke says that he's been constantly talking to her. Telling her about how she would be so proud of her warrior daughter. And Clary starts to tear up and tells Luke that the shopping's done. And she tries to give him the change. But in true dad fashion, he tells her to keep it and use it for cab fare. Uh, So cute. Uh, Clary tells him that Simon's going to be driving her back. And was probably there already. Which I didn't put this into my note. But I'm just going to. She was like, okay, then use it for takeout. And they talk about this change like four times in the freaking epilogue. <laughs> it's important. But it's like nowadays, it's weird. I just, my kid is on my Uber account. So I just let him use my Uber. You're like, I'll just Venmo you. I'll just send you money because his bank account is attached. Like, we're on his bank account. So we can just send him money. It's just funny how yeah. things have changed so quickly. Mm-hmm. They're very into talking about keep the change. <sighs> so uh, Clary leaves the hospital. And Eric's van is waiting for her outside. Simon's in there and asks where to back home, which I'm assuming is Luke's. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but Clary says she doesn't exactly know where that is anymore. And sometimes she wishes it would go back to the way it was before. Simon says that he wouldn't change things if he could. And obviously I can't help but agreeing with her in some ways. Now that the pressure and go, go, go is going, um, everything's kind of sinking in. Number one, she wants her mom to be better, obviously. 
But number two, I'm sure she felt robbed of a life that she could have had, especially with Jace being in it. And now that he's been taken away from her in the way that she wanted him to be, I'm sure a part of her wishes she could just have the Magnus effect back. Yeah. Because mm. it'd be yeah, less painful. I obviously grew up with a brother that's a, we would be, a, we are about the same age difference. Um, so I just can't imagine my life not with him. So it would be interesting to be vice versa sort of thing like to mm-hmm. think about your life with him i don't know that's sad yeah clearly f- clearly clary finally tells him to just head to the institute um but we find out that she hasn't gone back since everything went down but has talked to jace on the phone alec and isabel are okay and their parents are on their way back from idris now that they finally have the 411 and i don't understand why it's like they'll be back in a couple days like no get back now there's nobody supervising your children not that they need to be supervised but come on your son was almost dead yeah four days ago what get home send one of you they're like we have three more days left on our bnb we're not missing out on this Right? <laughs> I paid good money for this. You can closet. get a portal back to fucking New York from Idris. Yeah, it's very frustrating. It's one of those things. Irritated. It, and and I don't know if it's the cost or just the convenience or what, but like this whole portal issue and like being able to get certain places and ter- it's literally never a problem again in the rest of the series. So they use portals more readily, I guess, or more at their, yeah. dis- it's like the sensor thing. Interesting. Like this whole, like, but you know why Yeah, I know why. Okay. When do I get to find out and know why next book? Okay, cool. Later. Later. Baby, baby. No, no. <laughs> absolutely fucking not (laughs) it is pretty bad (laughs) i don't even know anyway simon frankly all of us want to know if the conversation was awkward dude and she says no it wasn't nothing happened between them anyway watched it Mm. i just need to say dude and that (laughs) is all sums up my feelings on that he saw it irl Right? <laughs> Nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, you were just feeling his tonsils with your tongue. Could you imagine okay. the therapy you'd have to go to? Dude. <laughs> Dude. It's lucky for them that not many people know. Right. But they know. Once they get there. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Once they get there, Simon offers to go up with her, but she declines. And this is something that she needs to do for herself. She saw a look of disappointment flicker across his face, but it vanished quickly. Simon, she thought, had grown up a lot in these past two weeks, just as she had, which was good since she wouldn't have wanted to leave him behind. Okay, first, seriously cannot believe this whole book is a two-week escapade. Yep. Second, would she really have left him behind? That's sad. I think that if I I don't know if on purpose, but more just like growing apart sort of thing. Like like if he wasn't into it when she told him everything and he was like, fuck no. Yeah. That would have been sad if it was out of her control. But yeah, I don't 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would drag you two with me. Hell yeah. It, I, I wouldn't give you the like, option. Oh, I'm glad you matured enough to handle my incest <laughs> issues. Like, come on, dude. He's just thinking, I've got a shot. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay. Clary wants to know if Simon thinks them choosing to go to Pandemonium the same night that the Shadow Hunters were there was a quinky dink. And he says no, that he doesn't believe in them. And she's all, same. And then bounces, heading into the Institute. Not before there's an awkward cheek kissing thing again. It's not a thing, Simon. Mm-hmm. Stop. Give her at least a week. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. He's my boy, but come on. Inside, she, of course, asks Church for directions to the others, which he, on the other hand, only wants belly rubs. <laughs> it is so cute. <laughs> Um, the interrogation is interrupted by Isabel, who runs up and gives her a big hug. She goes into the story of what she saw and heard the night that the lights went down in Georgia. <laughs> she wants to know what the sticky black stuff all over was, and Clary tells her it was Hodge's curse, which is just weird and gross to me. And Isabel was disappointed that he didn't say goodbye before he left, but she's sure that he will get in touch eventually. So Jace obviously didn't tell them what really went down with Hodge to spare their feelings. Does he not remember? Tell me why. <laughs> Does he know? Like about the attack and stuff? Because he was gone. I don't know. Do, yeah. Does he not remember? That's what I yeah. want to know. Oh, you mean I think he knows. Jace? Well, Clary told him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was one of the things to get him to. Yeah. But I, I mean that like to he, spare them. his shoulder was eaten. Did she go that far? I don't remember. I think that um, Isabel thinks that Hodge got his curse broken by means of his own and left, yeah, got capabilities, it. and then left without I saying see. goodbye. Not that he turned over like, the mortal cup to Valentine or anything, like right? That. And that uh-huh. he could be dead somewhere potentially, mm-hmm. right? That he mm-hmm. was cahooting it up. Isabel continues. Magnus showed up that night and magicked Alec back to health. Jace told them all the deets about what happened on the island, but they knew before he said anything because Magnus is on the phone about it all night. Who's giving the play-by-play at the battle? Just want to know. Right. Uh, <laughs> Magnus has got spies everywhere. He's It's the cook. Right. <laughs> the cook. That's who was yeah. saying. Yeah, the cook. Eventually, her story ends with um, how Jace and Clary are the famous brother and sister. Ugh. Ugh. Mm-hmm. too soon can we stop reminding her and she's so like chatty and excited and just like la 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 that it's very yeah anyway clary tells isabel she's surprised how glad she is to see her because she didn't think that she liked her <laughs> me too lols she says she wasn't sure if she liked her either so i'm just i, I keep reading a little pieces from the chapter but since they get over it but that's weird i guess i resented you at first but i realize now that was stupid just because i've never had a friend who was a girl doesn't mean i couldn't learn how to have one me too actually said clarity clary and isabel yeah you don't have to pretend to be nice i like it better when you just act like yourself bitchy you mean okay seriously sigh of relief here totes felt bad about all those times we were saying that isabel was a bitch and or being bitchy but obviously, she's owning it. So I it's feel a just better. part of her personality. She's a bit prickly. But like once they were in battle together, she was like, "Okay, Clary's cool." Yeah. Right. After they had their girls' night, mm-hmm. they were good. 
Enter Alec, who waves one of his crutches at Clary in a weird hello. Clary feels guilty for causing his almost death. Apologizes wholeheartedly. Alec is weirded out. And I'm sure he's like, uh, thanks. <laughs> Isabel interrupts it, interrupts the exchange, going full throttle on recount of Magnus sweeping in like the mother effing BA that he is, shooing everyone out of the room and shutting the door, sending red and blue sparks flying, then sitting by Alec's side all night and into the morning, never leaving his side. I said side twice. Anyway, best of all, they don't know how he knew how to come. And Clary wonders internally if that's who the fire message Hodge sent was for. And Isabel says that he probably heard about it from the enormous gossip network he's connected to. Listen, I feel like a dumb ass for not remembering all of this. Obviously, I didn't remember this 10 minutes ago when I asked about the fire message. It's weird. It's okay. To be fair, I forgot that all of this was in the epilogue. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, I didn't realize the epilogue yeah. was this long. Yes, long. Honestly. <laughs> um, Alec offers to walk Clary to the greenhouse to go see Jace, and they have a little heart-to-heart on the way there. <sighs> Clary apologizing for what was said during the night with the head slamming. <laughs> it was horrible. It wasn't true at all. But it was true, said Alec. Every word. But doesn't make it okay, she said. Not everything that's true needs to be said. It was mean. And when I just said Jace told you, Wait, when I said Jace told me you never killed a demon, he said it was because you were always protecting him and Isabel. It was a good thing he was saying about you. Jace can be a jerk, but he loves you. But he loves you, she was about to say, but stopped. Never said a bad word about you to me, ever, I swear. Alec forgives her and tells her, by the by, he knows that he didn't kill Abaddon, but appreciates her telling him that he did because he knew it came from kindness. And he leaves her at the staircase with the perfect dad joke. What does he say? Just basically, like, I knew that Jace and you guys were brother and sister because he has such great art talent. <laughs> and she's like, oh, he can draw? And he's like, psych! <laughs> Just trying to make a weird joke. Oh, my God. I love... See, this is this is the Alec I love. It's just Yeah, this is definitely more fun seeing them without all of the friction between all of them. Yeah. Which is why I'm... Obviously, I'm reading more from the book than I normally do, but it's just their cute little, like, this is Clary wrapping up with Isabel, this mm-hmm. is Clary yeah. wrapping up with Alec, this is Clary wrapping up with Simon, and it's kind of their last goodbyes for the mm-hmm. book. And I'm glad everything's... Obviously, I'm glad there's two and three and four and five and six and seven and all the other books, but at least if it would have ended on this, we have a little closure for yeah the moment right? while we're waiting for the next one to come out. Anyway, she goes upstairs and Jace is channeling his inner Hodge, brooding on a bench. He's looking through the piece of the portal slash mirror, trying to catch a glimpse of V-Tang or the manor house. And he says that he's trying to see if he can see what he's up to with the cup, which is a flat, bald face lie. He feels yeah. sad. He Isn't that crazy that you can yeah, still see, I'm, like, actively? It's like a live camera sort of thing. Uh-huh. It's like um, Aberforth's eye. What? And the mirror serious mm-hmm. gave Harry. Yeah, yeah. Nerd. Yeah. You forget your button, you get the... I think Andy moved it. One, twos. <laughs> anyway, Clary tries to get him to let it go. The adults are on their way home and they can deal with it. 
Jace tells her that when he looked through the portal and saw Idris, he wanted to go home so badly because it was the only place he was ever happy like that. Clary ignores his soliloquy state and states that he didn't tell Alec and Isabel about Hodge because he feels bad for him. But they're going to find out sooner or later. And Jay says he knows, but he doesn't want to be the bearer of bad news. Then Clary decides to jump back into it and wants to know how the heck Jace could have been happy living in Idris with all the pet killing, lying, and child Jeez. abuse. And Jace responds with, it was the, that, sorry, Jace responds by saying that it was the only time he was ever sure about who he was. And he kills demons because it's what he's good at and what he was trained to do. And when he thought his father was dead, he was cut free and could be reckless for a uh, the buff. He could be reckless about his life because basically no one would miss him if he were dead. But he doesn't feel like that anymore because Clary's grounding him. And if it wasn't for her, he would have jumped through the portal to be V-Tang's lapdog. Which is where I thought he was when I found out about him, basically. I thought that that's what had happened. I didn't realize that it was the brother. Oh. I thought he was just hanging with V-Tang. Oh, you thought he was like a double agent. Yeah. Well, I thought that he, um, I didn't put together that it was Jace was the, her brother. I thought that the brother was still alive and he was with V-Tang. Gotcha. I gotcha. Anyway. Yeah. That makes sense. So Clary interrupts him. I think having finally plucked up the courage to kind of just word vomit out that um, she wants Jace to come see their mom at the hospital, plunging into all the good things about Jocelyn and making it clear that it's not for his benefit to make him feel better, but it's for Jocelyn's. She thinks that maybe if he would talk to her and hear his voice that she would this wake up. This is making me very emotional as a mother. Mm-hmm. I know. It's sad. I remember the first <laughs> time I read this, I cried. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm about sad. to cry now. So keep going. <laughs> Talk about that money again. Jeez Louise. Violining. So he agrees to go and they head out, not using the cab money Luke gave her for the fifth time. Um, but on one of the freaking demon motorcycles, because you can never have enough head injuries. <laughs> Hopefully he's gotten better at driving it. Oh my gosh. Right. In the three days. Tells her yeah. That- that it's been he probably also suffered some sort of concussion which is why they think it's okay (laughs) right well apparently someone left it at magnus's after the party which to me thinks it makes me think it like maybe a vampire died during the wolf oh yeah and he never came to pick up his bike um jace somehow convinced him to hand it over we get some typical banter between the two. Um, glad to see things are kind of returning to a new normal. And they hop on, head to the hospital. Clary taking in all the sights with her new shadow hunter eyeballs, commenting about how everything is now so different. And Jace reminds her that it's always been like that, and she's the one that changed. And I swear to you, this is my last read from chapter. I've done it like five times, but it's great. absolutely have to end like this. She squinted her eyes against the tearing wind. Are you testing what Alex said about some of these bikes being able to go underwater? No. He leveled the bike out carefully as they rose from the river surface. I think that's just a story. But Jace, she said, all the stories are true. Oh, I love a circular ah! ending. Oh. Goosey bumps. Jace angles the bike up and the skylines laid out like it 
was before, but this time Clary's eyes are open. And with that, our beloved City of Bones comes to an end. Chills. Hard eyes. Chillies. Oh my god. I have I do have goosey. Bones. I do too. I know I did too. <laughs> so next week's episode is gonna be hilarious. We've been looking forward to this for three months. Make sure you go back to last Tuesday's post on our Instagram where uh, we posted an Ask Us Anything for questions that you may want to know about our little trio um, that we will answer on episode 20. So if you want to get a head start on reading, we're going to be starting obviously chapter one in City of Ashes. I'm talking like this to specifically draw out time so I can open our Google Doc <laughs> that we share that Kristen's already put all the information in. So I don't have the name of the chapter because I am unprepared. But worry not. It is called Smoke and Diamonds, which is the prologue. And chapter one is called Valentine's Arrow. So you can read those two things. That's what we will be discussing in episode 21, which is our first episode diving into City of Ashes. Yay. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.